one another. How great is that? How great is it that we can hold each other accountable and we can do it out of love? We can do it out of concern. We can do it out of well-being. And it's not for me to control, but it's for God to be glorified in all that we do. Amen? Pastor? We're going to talk about time for a minute this morning. If you're under time constraints, I'm sorry. We'll say this again. God does not work on our time. God does not work on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, um, you know, if that's you and you're, you know, waiting on God to work on your time, well, you're just going to keep waiting. So, so when somebody comes up here and speaks something that God's laid on their heart, then we need to give them the attention and all the time that, that God wants that to have. And so, do not hinder the Holy Spirit. But the ones, the boys that got baptized this morning, Brock, Landon, and Dawson, in his wet t-shirt, I'm just glad it ain't white. If y'all come up here for a second. I gave Sarah a Bible this morning, and a little devotional, but we want to invest in these new believers' lives, right? And, and so, y'all stand right here, face everybody. So we did this last week. We gave the ones that got baptized last week a Bible. Um, Bo, I gave a devotional to this morning. And, and so we, why? Because they need to get in the Word. They're believers in God, Christ. They, the Jesus has ordered their life. They need to know what the Word says to be able to combat the devil and the things that are coming along the way, especially these young people, the teenagers. We all remember the teenage years and the pressure and the peer pressure and the things that pull us away from church, away from Christ, away from what we know is true in our heart. And we take that into adulthood and we start to keep living that way. But I encourage you to take these and read them. Okay? All right? So Landon, that's for you. Brock, this this one's for you. It's got your name in it. So can't nobody ever say that this is not Brock. George's Bible, right? So that's for you, Brock. Oh, and Dawson. There you go. That's a man's Bible, so you got to be a man. All right? I said every man's Bible, so you got to be a man. Proud of y'all. Proud of the decision y'all made. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I know I heard last week, Sister Ruth said that Brantley is carrying that Bible we gave him last week everywhere with it. Reading it, reading it at his grandparents' house, both of them having them read it to him, him reading it to them, and uh, he's, he'll take it when he gets done, puts it back in the box, and, you know, he's, he's ready. He's ready. So that kind of excitement is what we all need to have. There's no reason that adults that know how to read and write and all that cannot read the Word of God. As I said before, if you can't read or you ain't got time and running down the road all the time, there's a Bible app that it reads it to you. So... There's no excuse not to read and spend time in the Word of God. We make that excuse, but, but we need to get through that and over that. So, again, welcome. Happy Father's Day to all you dads. Amen. Let's give us a hand. I'll start it out. You know, we love all our mothers, but our dads, all right? We love our dads, our fathers, the ones that, that you know, 
You're supposed to be and you should be the spiritual leader in your home, first and foremost, right? You should be the rock, the one that comes. And when, when fathers come to church, it's just a proven fact that when the dads come and get involved in church, the rest of the family follows when they stay true. When the dad's out of the church and out of the home and out of the life of the kids as they need to be, and then the kids normally go that way and the family goes that way. So we have a responsibility as dads to be the spiritual leader in our household first and foremost. And, and, to, and our wives beside us, not underneath us, not behind us, they're beside us because they're our helpmate, right? But we are the ones. And then teaching our children, it's our job. We, we put it up to the women all the time. They're, they can teach them that. They can do that. It's our job. And one of our biggest jobs that we fell at as men a lot of times is leading by example. I know I have. Attitude, anger, different things like that that are not leading the way that Jesus told us to lead. And so we got a gift for all the dads today. And so if you would, all dads, stand up. Your dad, stepdad, it doesn't matter. If you are raising, help raising children in your home, and stand up. We got, it ain't much, but it's a devotional and a keychain and, and it's rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Um, and so take these and you can go ahead and hand them out and read them, get encouraged by them, gain strength by them, and, and endeavor to be the man that God's called us to be. The world wants to take masculinity away. The world makes fun of it all the time. You can watch every TV show that there is on prime time or any other time. And, and the man in the house is normally the dumbest one there. The ones that makes fun of all the time. There was a thing I said, it says, Dad, you're more than just bad jokes. Right? And we call them dad jokes. And I've got some. And we've all heard them. We all say them. But, you know, we're more than that. We're child of God. We're men of God. And this is what we need to be. And so, thank you all. Thank you all for being who you are and encourage you all to get stronger and better every day. Amen? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we want to receive our offering right now. We want to uh, bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse as He's commanded us and told us to do. And if this is not your home church, this is not where you attend normally, then we don't want you tithes. That goes to your storehouse, okay? I know it's all going to God, but I ain't up here preaching for money because we got visitors today, I promise. This is every week that we, that we do this. We obey God in this and, and do what God said. If we pray today, um, we do want to remember the, the church in Birmingham and the victims there that, that, that shooting happened the other night. You know, just a senseless act of, of violence. And, you know, we pray all the time for God's angels to encamp around about us, don't we? But we do know, and He does. I believe that He does. And I, I don't believe that they slacked in that by no means where that happened at. But we live in an evil world and evil times. And bad things happen. And, and so we're not scared here at church this morning. We're not going to act scared. God gave us a sound mind, though, didn't He? It doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. So a sound mind means we can do things different and be more cautious and aware of things around us, but still believing that God's going to take care of us. So, so we want to pray for the, the, the families of those victims this morning. And, um, 
and just pray for our service. As I pray, don't let me be the only one that prays, okay? You have just as much power and right and authority to pray to God as I do, all right? If, if, if there's only one person praying, that's good, but you can pray yourself. You can pray yourself. So, so I mean, it ain't, it's loud, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. So let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time together. Thank you for what's already transpired here this morning. Father, for the ones that have come and, and have made that outward showing of what you've done on the inside and declared to the world that they're a child of God. And we thank you for that. God, we thank you that your spirit moves in hearts and lives this morning, that other lives are changed, that people come and they leave different for the better than what they came here this morning. And, and God, you, you work and move, and we've invited your spirit in here, and we believe that it's here. And God, whatever the need may be of people, salvation, healing, whatever's going on in their life, Father, that you work and move in their lives this morning. We thank you for it. I thank you as the word goes forth, God, that you use me as a vessel to speak the things that, in my, that you've put in my heart this week. And God, it just goes and we can, we can grow from it and, and live the life that you've called us to live. Now, Father, as we bring these tithes and offerings to you, we ask that you just touch and bless each and every one. God, that it, it's just a sweet-smelling Savior in your sight. God, that we're doing the things that you've told us to do. We pray for the church and, and Vestavia Hills, Father, that you touch all the victims. Touch the whole church this morning, God, that they look to you and draw in that comfort and strength from your Holy Spirit this morning that you touch and move in their lives. God, we just love you and we praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Children can go to Children's Church. I know that they are back there waiting on y'all and believe that y'all have a blessed time. The rest of you can open up your Bible to the book of 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. Continue. This is our fifth Sunday. I would say week, but we had a couple weeks where we didn't. Well, Brother Brad preached for us one Sunday. Then last Sunday we just had the baptizing. So we'll get back in and dive into the book of First John. And, you know, again, I'll say this all the time. I don't know. We're not only on chapter 2. This takes weeks or whatever. The more I read, the more God shows me. And y'all just have to bear with me because we're going to get through it. But I'm not going to speed through it. I want to get to other chapters in the book of First John. And, you know, because I like First John 4, 7, and 8. I like those. I like those verses. They're good verses. But I can't go there without talking about what's before that. We can jump around, and, we, and it's okay to do that, but God said, no, we're going to do this. And so I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So y'all, y'all bear with me and bear with us, and we're going to get through all of this. And I pray is that y'all learn like I've learned, that your eyes are opened, and you see things that you hadn't saw before. And, and I'll do my best not to... Get emotional this week. I got told last week that I think that I cry more up here than I have the whole 23 years of our marriage. But, and I don't know why. I'm not that big a crier. The Holy Spirit will make you do things that you didn't think you would do. 
the moving of the Holy Spirit. So, let's read First John chapter 2. We read last week about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and talked about those things, and how that we know those things lead all to destruction. They all fade away. The world and the things of this world and, and the enticements of this world are all temporary, and they're going to fade. Sure, they look good now. Sure, I mean, most a lot of people's thing is I got to make all this money. I got to do this. I got to have this. I got to have this house. I got to have this car. I got to marry this person. I got to have that. I want, you know, all this stuff that our me monster mind wants, we got to have. But it's all temporary. The only eternal and true thing is Jesus Christ and what happened here last Sunday and the Sunday before and the Wednesday night before that and, and the baptisms and different things. That's the only eternal thing that we can draw hope from in this world. All this other stuff is just, just minute compared to what Jesus done for us. If we sit and compare those things, there's no way that any of this stuff in this world can compare to what Jesus has done. can compare to any of that. And so, so we read that, we talked about that. And in verse 18, he goes right into the Antichrist. And I'm not going to preach an end-of-time message this morning. I'm not, okay? But he talks about the Antichrist in verse 18. And he says, little children, it is the last hour. So it is the last time. It's, it's the end days. We've heard the end days be talked about since Jesus was on this earth, haven't we? He, he spoke about it. He talked about it. Prophesied about it. All the disciples, they prophesied about it. We read about it. It's been the end time since Jesus left and went back to heaven. And we've heard all my life, I've heard Daddy about all his life, as him growing up, that he's always heard was, it's the last days. It's the last days. It is the last days. I fully believe that. And we see evidence of it all over the place, of things in the Bible that are happening. But these things have... You know, the, what the Bible talks about happening, we're going to read about it in Matthew, have been going on for hundreds of years. It's not just something that happened now. I mean, if we look around and see the, the world celebrating the, the, the month they are now. Well, that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Rampant. I mean, the angels came to get Lot out, two men, males, and the men of the city come to the house of Lot, and they said, here, here's my two virgin daughters. Take them. It's like, no, 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 we want the men so we can have our way with them. Why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? It wasn't because they were just playing around, piddling around with it and tampering with sin. No, they were full-blown sin. If you look at the world today, it's full-blown sin. If we look in the church today and look at our own lives, it can be full-blown sin. So, But we have, we have something else. And not Victor Fellowship Church the body of Christ. And if you're still living in sin, trying to live in the body of Christ, I'm sorry it don't work. We've read that in 1 John. You can't say that you love God and still love sin. It doesn't work that way. So, but he says in verse 18, Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. So the Antichrist, obviously, you know, in our time, you know, the ones, and I say Antichrist, I, I think of it right now, and I know there will be an Antichrist at the end time where everybody looks to that person as a Savior besides Jesus of this world. But we can, we've seen little cults pop up. We all remember David Koresh and all them and, and the Hellbop Comet back when I was 16 and 17 years old where they, you know, was all wearing the same Nikes and drunk poison and 
anyway. It was weird. So we all remember those things. And to me, those are little antichrists that have come along in our time. Jim Jones and all that kind of stuff that have deceived the hearts and minds of people to believe that there's something else that they may, maybe they are the Savior. Maybe there's something else besides Jesus. And we've heard for a lot, the world would, would want us to believe that there's more than one way to heaven. But we all know that that's a lie. We all know that there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. When you come up here or wherever you're at, you don't have to be here, but when you say that prayer and ask Jesus to forgive you your sins, that's the way to heaven. That's the only way. And so, back in Matthew chapter 24, I want to read a few verses there. In verse 4 of chapter 24, Jesus is talking about these antichrists and the ones that come and the ones that will come in His name as we just talked about. Matthew 24 and verse 4, and it said, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. No one. No one deceives you. How do you not get deceived by the Word of God? You listen to me? Well, I mean, I'm, I promise, I pray every day that I do my best and what God has me to speak and say up here because I don't want to deceive anybody. But if you don't take time to read the Word of God, you don't know what it says. I could be up here reading from a book, and if you don't know what the Bible says, then I could just be reading whatever. How would you know? Unless you pick it up yourself and read it and study it and understand what's going on, then you're not going to know what it says. So don't, don't take just everybody's word for it, because there's still a lot of people out there that speak things and exaggerate things out of the Word of God that's not really there. So he said that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So he has and he will. They will will deceive many, and many more will be deceived. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We want Jesus to come. There's not a one in here, if you're saved, do not wish. Paul. Paul was a great man of God. But said, I'm a, I'm a twix between two. I want to be in heaven. That's where I want to be. And that's our ultimate goal when we leave this world is to be with Jesus for eternity in heaven. But while we're here, we've got things to do. And, and he said, all these things must happen. All of them must happen. So we're going to see more wars. What Russia and Ukraine's doing, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see things here in America like we've never seen before. And if you're waiting to make your life right with God, if you're waiting to build your faith when the time comes, then when that time comes, and, a lot, and there's times here now, then you're going to struggle in your faith. Because he says, say, many will turn away. He says, for, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. Beginnings of sorrow. The beginning of suffering. The beginning of pain. That's that's the beginning of it. You're like, well, what's going on now? I have problems in my life now. I don't see how I could get any worse now. That's not what it's... He said, it's just the beginning of it. There's nothing in this Word that says once you make Jesus Lord of your life, all the suffering and pain and sorrows will end in this world. Why? Because we live in a fallen creation. 
We live in a world that's ruled by Satan, and we see it every day on the news. And we used to see it happen, things like what happened in Vestavia Hills happen in other states and these big cities and, and Tennessee and different things, but that's in our backyard, right? That's, that's close to home. And I pray all the time that it never happens like that. Nothing happens here. And, and so, you know, the beginning of sorrows. We see people all around us today that have pain and turmoil and trouble in their life in one form or another. There's probably not a one sitting in this room today that couldn't say that their life was just hunky-dory all the time. That there's no problems, there's no pain, there's no trials, there's no circumstances, there's none of that that goes on. This is why is it important about who we listen to and what we listen to and caution ourselves about what's going on around us all the time. About what's happening all the time in our life. We, like I said a while ago, we have to study the Word of God to know what's in it. And, and we've got to base ourselves on those things. And Paul told Timothy in chapter 2, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, he said, study to show thyself approved. Study. Study. We, you know, I know all the, all the kids don't like to hear to study because they study at school and they study for this and study for that. Well, adults don't like to study either, I promise. I don't, it doesn't get any easier. Just because you get out of school, you still have things to study. A study that shows thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So we study the Word of God to know the Word of God and divide, rightly divide what's true and not true. What we need in our life each and every day. So we, we study to show those things. It tells us in verse 8, we just read it, it's the beginning of sorrows. Beginning of sorrows. So, there's personal issues going on here today. There's nobody in this room that's perfect. Nobody. But we serve a perfect God, don't we? We serve the one that can make the unperfect things better in our life and clear those things out. We serve that God. And so, one of the main areas that people deal with if you're a parent and if you're a new parent, you will deal with these things in your life. It's our children, right? When they grow up and get to a point in their life to where they kick and throw away everything that they've been taught. We see it all the time. It's happening right now to people in this room. It's happening in my life. i got a son in Germany that's doing those things and living the life and a daughter-in-law that, that are not living and, and trusting God in every area of their life or any areas really. And he'll probably watch this, and I hope he does. And I'm not speaking anything that's untrue. I'm speaking truth, and I'm speaking out of love because I want them to accept Jesus and, and, and Him be the man that God's called Him to be. So, you know, we speak those things. But because there's sorrows, and Jesus told us that there's going to be sorrows and pain and strife, they didn't stop there. He didn't say you was all, just because you're a Christian, you're going to have to deal with all these things. He didn't, you know, because if that was the case, how would we tell people, hey, come on, accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? What, what am I going to get? Well, you're going to get pain. You're going to get sorrow. You're going to get strife. You're going to get turmoil. You're going to have people hate you because you believe in Jesus. Things are going to get worse. And you, they're, then they're like, well, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to accept something where I'm going to have pain? Well, I, I guarantee you, 
If you don't accept Jesus, you're still going to go through all those things. Every one of them, because that's life. You're going to go through every one of them. But when you have Jesus in your life, you can you have somebody else that you can go to on a daily basis, on a personal basis. It's like in, in Paul tells us in Romans chapter eight, he says we can go and cry, Abba Father. Abba Father. We can call him Daddy. We can say, Dad, hey, I need to talk to you. I, I need some wisdom. I need some guidance. We can cry to him just like we do our own our own parents and go to him no matter what's going on in our life. And so those things that we have taught our children and they're promises of God that go along with that. One we know really well is, is train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. If you don't know any other verse or any other thing to speak over your child, speak that. Whether they're, whether they're six months old, six days old, or six years old, it doesn't matter. It says when they're old, they won't depart from it. And we don't know old. We don't know any of that. We don't know what age because I said God doesn't work on our time. But we know and we believe and we keep trusting and we keep believing and we keep speaking and we keep showing love and we keep doing what God's called us to do without doubting or wavering to know that one day that's going to come to pass. You know, when we look at the prodigal son, he, 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 we know he went, give me all my money, I want to go do what I want to do. And so we know he squandered everything. Did the father go and try to pull him out? He didn't, did he? He didn't go and say, here's just a little more money. I know you're not completely done yet, so here's a little more. No. He let him wallow with the pigs. He let him lay there in his, in his sin and shame and guilt until that son was ready to come back home. As parents, that's hard for us to do because we've always protected our children. We've always done those things to protect them and want to do that for them. But he didn't. He kept believing and praying. And when that son came back and he saw him, he ran to him. Ran to him. He didn't say, well, come in and sit down and let's talk about it. Now, you're going to have to do this, this, and this if you're going to come back to this house. We ain't going to have none of that. You can't do this anymore. No, he ran to me and embraced him. And said, hey, we're going to go kill the fatted calf. My son's come back home. And that's a picture, we all know that's a picture of what God does with us. And, and what, when we go running to him, he's running to us. And, and showing us his grace and his mercy each and every day of our life. And that's what we've got to show to, to the others. So we can draw strength because we've all God's promises. All of them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in Him, all of His promises, are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So all God's promises. Any promise you find from God in the Bible are yes and amen. There's nothing in the Word that cancels itself out. He says... I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He means I'll never leave you for the, or forsake you. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did not change. He says, I'm still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I loved you when you was, when, you know, I still loved you whenever yet you was a sinner. I love you now. If from today, He still loves you. He's still that Father waiting for you to come running back to Him. 
So we have to keep praying and believing. And like I said, there's never a timeline. God doesn't work on those things. If He did, then we'd get everything when we wanted it. We get all this stuff when we wanted it, but it doesn't work like that. Why would we need faith if it worked out? Why would we need to trust and believe in God fully and completely every day if it worked just like that? And so in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God speaking. My word that goes forth from my mouth. The same mouth that spoke us into existence. The same one that spoke this world into, into existence and everything around it. He says, So shall my word be. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So if He speaks these things, and He gives us these promises of these things, that we're going to see them, then we can draw hope and strength and trust in that that we will see. So don't, don't give up. Don't give in. And I, this has nothing to do with the end time, I know. But I know there's things going on in people's lives. And we need to understand that God's still working and moving. And I know that we say, well, well they still, they've got their own will to do what they want to do. They do. They do. But just as each and every one of us has come in and, and gave in to that conviction of the Holy Spirit, there's only a certain time. Now, they can run the rest of their life. They can. And we've got to realize that. But if we just give up on them, then there's no hope. I promise that Father that left His Son was not at home just doing whatever and say, ah, I'm going to write Him off. He was there back. I'm sure He was back there praying for Him. I'm sure He was back there at home saying, God, I know You're going to bring Him back home. You're going to bring Him back to us. So don't give up and don't give in. He, Jesus and, and the rest of this passage in Matthew 24 and in verse 9. So I said this, in verse 8 we ended this beginning of sorrows, right? The beginning of sorrows. He says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And kill you. We don't like to hear that as Pat said this is not some of that stuff that's all puppy dogs and sunshine, is it? And rainbows and all that. They will deliver you up and kill you. How many in here are ready to die today for what they believe in Christ? That would be me. I am. I'll raise my hand. Because if Jesus had laid down His life for me and do that for me, like I said, if we're, if we're believers in Christ, when we leave this world, our next breath is eternity with Him. So why are, we, why are we afraid of what happens to us here? Why do we worry about it so much? When, when we know that when the next place we'll be is in eternity with Him. So if you're ready to go, then this should not bother you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. There is plenty of places in this world that hate Christians and persecute them. America is not one of them yet. Yet. And then many will be offended and will betray one another. Be offended. That goes on so much in the, in the church today. People get offended and leave. They get offended. Somebody says something to them. Somebody didn't post happy birthday to them on Facebook or somebody defriended them or something like that and they get offended. I don't know what I did to them. I don't know why they don't talk to me. Well, you didn't talk to them either. So what does it matter? What does it matter? Get offended. We've got to stop wearing our feelings on our, on our sleeves, don't we? We've got to stop living on feelings 
And how we feel today or tomorrow is how we're going to treat everybody else around us. That's right. Amen. Good job, Cole. So don't get offended. And, and let's see, where did we get to? And, betray, and we'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. That's going on all around. That's going on in the church. We're supposed to love everybody. And there's people that claim to be the body of Christ that are out there showing hate to, to the sinners of this world. There's, you're not going to draw sinners in and the ones that don't haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior by showing hate to them. By going to these LGBTQ rallies and just you know spitting at them and doing all these other things that shows hate. I mean, there's nothing, nowhere that I've read that if I throw this Bible at somebody that's in sin, it's going to save them. It's going to hurt them. It's going to make them mad. That's what's going to happen. We want to do that. We want to because we see people living that lifestyle and not just, you know, that lifestyle, but any lifestyle of sin. And we see that and we want them to change so much we would like to do that. We'd like to grab them up and just shake them. And like, get your head right. But we know we can't because it's not going to change them. It's going to make them offended. It's going to make them mad. Because they did, they were, they're still rejecting the love of Christ. So we've got to show that love each and every day, no matter what's going on. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Happening all the time. But he who endures, he who endures, that's us. We've got to endure. We can't give up and give in, as this is talking about. We've got to endure to the end. He says, shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from this world. Saved from all the destruction, all the trials, all the sorrows. We'll be saved and we will be in heaven. So we've got to endure to the end. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Then the end will come. But we still, we don't know the day, the time, the hour, the minute, the second of when Jesus is going to come back. But we've got to be ready. We've got to endure to the end. We've got to be proclaiming His name because this kingdom hasn't been preached like it should be preached into all nations. Even in America, this, this Bible hasn't been preached, His Word hasn't been preached into all of this nation as it should be. And, this, and the body of Christ is the problem because we're not doing that. We're not doing everything that we can do to make sure that people know the love of Jesus is just flowing out of our life. So we've got... We've, we've got to do this. And he said, then the end will come. Then the end will come. We're going to see things and endure things that we didn't think we'd ever going to have to endure in our lifetime. And it may not be in some of y'all's life, but I promise generations to come, it'll, it'll not be as easy for them to meet in these places like we meet now. Here in America, in our free nation, as we call it, it will not be as easy. So we see some of this, but nothing like we're going to see. I want to skip over down to verse 20 of chapter 2 of verse 1 John because we can endure and the way we endure is because we have another anointing on our life. We have, so if you have an anointing from the Holy One, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, you have that anointing because Jesus said, when I go, the Comforter will come. The Comforter is that Holy Spirit. The Comforter, He said, I, I'm sending Him to lead and guide you in all truths. And all truth. So when we, when we need wisdom, we can call on the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I heard this and we talked about it Wednesday night in our men's class. 
we think of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, if we don't watch it, we think of Jesus sometimes as, as just God Jr. You know, He's God, but eh, He's Jesus, it's His Son. Well, the Holy Spirit, if we don't watch it, we think He's a brother over here. They're all three in one. They're the triune, the trinity. And so one does not know anything without the other. Even though Jesus and the Holy Spirit doesn't know when, when He's sending Jesus back. Jesus does not know. He said, I don't even know. But that's God. But they work together. They work together. So when you pray, you say, Holy Spirit, give me strength. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. We're still, spraying, we're still praying to God. If you pray, Jesus, I need your help right now, you're still praying to the Holy Spirit, you're still praying to God. It's all the same. And one's not more powerful than the other. They're all three work together. They're all three right there. If I was sitting at the right hand of God, then I would have all the power that God has. There's no way we could sit there in our mortal body in that same power and that same presence and that same glory that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have and be able to, to survive in this mortal body. We will one day, when we have our spiritual body, is that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. There's a lot we don't know, but the way we can know is through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. That's how we know those things. That's how we can gain strength from those. So if Jesus is Lord of your life, you have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. You have that already. Don't ever doubt that you do. If you got Jesus, you got God, you got the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of other teaching that can go along with that. But, when he's, he gave us everything when we got saved, didn't he? He didn't say, well, you've got to do something else to get the Holy Spirit working in your life. No, I, I don't believe that. Or he wouldn't have said, I'll send a comforter. So, John sixteen thirteen, he said, However, when, this, when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you in all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you of things to come. The Holy Spirit. Speaking what God speaks. Speaking what Jesus speaks. The Holy Spirit speaking in our life. Draw strength from that today. Draw strength because there's no doubt that this is the last days. No doubt. We said this at the beginning. What, and there's no doubt that a lot of people in this world, we see it all the time, will die and go to hell if they don't make Jesus Lord of their life. There's people in the church that have claimed Jesus and, but live a lifestyle away from that. And there's people that are sitting in churches all over today that have never made Jesus Lord of their life. Those, unfortunately, and it's, you say, well, that just sounds mean, they're still going to die and go to hell. Why? Because they have not made Jesus Lord of their life. We're not promised our next breath. We're not promised that we go out of here that something won't happen. We pray all the time, like I said, for His angels to watch over us. But we see wrecks all the time up and down these roads. And things happen. Bad things happen to the good people. We don't know. We just have to be ready. We have to be ready to know that our next step will be with Jesus. So if Jesus is Lord of your life this morning, the power and the authority to speak His name at any time over any situation. Any problem that comes along, you have that power. You call on Him, He's coming. He's listening. And, and, and Peter, Peter talked about it. He said, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you, right? Cast all of them. He wants all of them. 
He wants, he wants to heal. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. He wants to set free. That has not changed from when Jesus was on this earth. None of that has. So, y'all stand this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I say this every week. Today is the day of salvation. Today is. There's no reason to wait. If you're trying to hold on to something because you've got something planned for this evening, tomorrow, whatever, then today is the day of salvation. What better gift you can give your children on Father's Day if you're a dad here and never accepted Jesus or a man that you make Jesus Lord of your life and be that example to them that He's called you to be? What better grift would that be? Because you're getting salvation from your, from your Father in heaven and you're showing them how to live a life that God's called you to and, and the way that they can have eternal life. So, so don't miss the opportunity today to make Jesus sort of your life. If you've, if you've been saved and, and you've walked away, we've seen people come back. Come back. And all it is is a prayer, God, come back into my life. Fill me back up. I want that desire. Forgive me of everything. It's still forgiving of sins. And come back and be first and foremost in my life. So if that's you today, we want to pray. We'd love to pray with you. We would love to uh, just watch Jesus work and move in your life as He needs to. So if you need, if you need a prayer for healing, whatever else it is, come on and, and we will pray and, and 